Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Power Half Hour. My name is Greg Mahachko. My co-host on the West Coast is at Chad Smart. And you guessed it by the music. This week we're talking about vacations. Kind of timely with it being 4th of July weekend. Maybe uh, you're taking a little extended holiday with the family. But uh, before we get into you know, get too far uh, downstream with, with the topic, I should probably say hi to Chad. Hi, Chad. Hello, Greg. How are you, kind How's of, it going in the last 10 seconds since I last spoke to you off the air? Let me say, nothing has changed. <laughs> it is just as awesome as it was earlier. <laughs> How's everything out on the West Coast, sir? Oh, I think we're getting ready to be shut back down due to COVID. So I don't know if anybody's going to be going on vacation for the 4th of July. I haven't heard of what the plans are, but I always... Try to stay inside and avoid the fireworks because, well, they've been going off for the last three weeks anyway right. after 10 o'clock. So it's just going out and trying to see the pretty lights, but I don't really I don't really care. I'm just waiting for Disneyland to reopen, and I'll go watch the fireworks there. Well, Disneyland, was the, they hit the brakes, right? Weren't they about to reopen and then the, uh, the team member or cast union, whatever, said no thanks? Well, yeah, they were supposed to reopen July 17th, which was the 67th anniversary, somewhere around there, of the opening of Disneyland. But because we've seen a spike in cases, they are holding off, and now we don't know when they will open, or even when they do, if you'll actually be able to buy tickets, or if they're just going to try to honor people who had tickets during this time of shutdown. All I know is it's making my plans really hard to... uh, figure out and my good friend Eric Bennett who I did a fantastic podcast with we are looking to get back into Disneyland and ride the Star Wars ride because he hasn't ridden it yet I've only ridden it once it's been there for six months we need to we need to get in and save the galaxy that the, it needs saving now more than ever <laughs> uh I was going to go in another direction. I think I'm going to steer back on on the topic here. Again, we're talking, what the hell? I feel like there is something stuck in my throat, so I apologize if we have random, uh, my voice cracks randomly throughout the show. You know why why Miss Piggy can't count to 100? She got a frog in her throat? Something like that. I'll tell you off air. Okay. Uh, so we're talking vacations, and we have because I, I said to Chad, I said let's just do favorite vacations. And Chad, I'll let you explain to the listeners why you said I might not have a lot to say because dot 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 Chad. Yeah, my family did not take a lot of vacations when I was growing up, um, and our vacations were basically either to St. Louis for a few days or to the Ozarks. And you know when you grow up. 100 miles from St. Louis, or you can easily drive there in a couple couple of hours. It's really not that much of a vacation. And then uh, the Ozarks, yeah, we went a couple years. We went down to Branson, Silver Dollar City. So that is the extent of my like family vacations until I um, got into high school. And then every summer I would go to Florida to visit family. But I, I thought about it. I do have some good road trip stories that I can share, and we'll count those as vacations yeah we 
we had to expand from just vacation. I said, well, you didn't have, I didn't necessarily mean ones as a child. Uh, and you said, well, does traveling count? I said, all right, let's, let's quantify it or qualify it as any non work, uh, uh, what was the, I, I can't even think of the word I used. Um, purposeful traveling, I think, is what it does. That sound about right? Sure. Oh, yeah, non-essential pur- travel. Yeah. Purposeful non-work-related getaways. So, I also made a trip to. I you know I don't think I went to Branson. I think it was Lake of the Ozarks, which is like in the vicinity. Never been to Silver Silver Dollar City, which I always wanted to go to as a kid. You always see those. Uh, commercials for Silver Dollar City on mm. on uh, St. Louis television. Uh, so, what was that like? What was what was that trip like? What you can remember? Uh, it was fun. We went with my aunt and uncle and two cousins. Uh, my sister had just been born that February, so she was only like less than six months old. So, I'm sure she doesn't remember the trip. Um, I just all I know is I, there's a picture that my family has of. Uh, me getting off with the water ride where you get really soaked. Hmm. And because this is 1985, I am wearing a, you know, the really short shorts that were in fashion and a <laughs> half shirt, which oh, was nice. also in fashion in 1985. So I do not have access to that picture and will not be posting it on social media. I think you should get access to that <laughs> picture. And I'll tell you what, if you can find that picture and get it. I'll put the picture out of me on my fourth birthday with my He-Man cake, which has the 1986, uh, I'm wearing the 1986 sleeveless mesh, mm. like, you know, t-shirt. So, because also yeah. it's July where it's hot, so you gotta, gotta be mesh. So let the air, you know, you, you can breathe that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Right. That sounds good. Yeah, I, um, you know, I wish I could tell my parents to find this picture, but I have them looking for things that I have in storage already, and they've not been able to find it. So, well, we'll but but I will say, yeah, I want to get back to Silver Dollar City. Um, based on our review a few several episodes ago of the movie American Folk, I have started listening to more folk music, and there's a family band called the Petersons that perform in Branson, and I would like to go down and check them out. But you can find them on YouTube if you're really interested. And check out American Folk because it's one of the movies, uh, rare movies that we've watched and discussed that we agree on. So uh, if you get two thumbs up from Chad and Greg, mm. you know it's it's a winner. I also made a couple of obligatory trips to the uh, southeast. And it was, I think, in back-to-back to possibly back years. However, there may have been a gap the first time. Uh, is my first plane ride. It was my mom, my sister, and I going down to Pensacola. Uh, my uncle uh, was in the Navy and has since retired, but they were stationed down there, so went down there for a week or whatever and stayed at their house and played Sega with my cousin and went to uh, the beach. I don't know if you know this about Pensacola, but it's got the widest sand beaches, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't remember anything else about it except they uh, uh, they love animals like critters more than like dogs and cats and they had a boa constrictor and at one point like my aunt snuck up behind my mom and put the snake around my mom's neck and freaked her out and little like seven-year-old me was dying laughing so uh did that did the obligatory 
I say obligatory. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not you know for everybody, but did the trip to a Walt Disney World in Orlando as a youth, and that was fine. I don't really remember a lot about it, which you know, I guess it's normal. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I mean, if your parents take you, yes, it's normal. Um, so. But, but I don't know if too many five-year-olds or seven-year-olds just taking a trip by themselves and being like, I'm going to jump in the car and go to Disney World. No, and and um, like we went as a family, uh, mm-hmm. and I was – I can't remember if I was 9, 10, or 11, but it was in that early 90s uh, time frame. I just don't remember a whole lot about the trip. And so like, you know, like my wife in, in the last couple of years has said you know she wants to take our son – to Disney World, and I said, "Well, let's hold off until he's old enough to remember it." Because I don't remember, you know that. And and I do remember we did not go on. It's a small world, small world after all. We did go on the twenty thousand leagues under the sea ride, and we stuck around one night for fireworks at Epcot. That's about all I remember. All right, two things. One, I've never ridden. It's a small world. And by now, because I've been to Disneyland so many times, I refuse to go and break the streak. You're the and, you're the that's that's your WrestleMania streak, Undertaker. Yes, and also I am with you. I don't understand, especially given the price of what Disneyland and Disney World is now. Why parents take any kid under the age of ten? Because one, if there is still in a stroller, they're not going to remember anything. Two, they're going to fall asleep or they're going to get moody. You're gonna whine a lot. Who you know? They need to be. How mobile. is that enjoyable yeah. to you? They need to be mobile and have energy. You know. Yes, and so this also comes from you know a forty-something-year-old guy with no kids who enjoys going to Disneyland and gets tired of yelling, whiny kids. So that's why I'm looking forward once Disneyland does reopen. If they're at you know only twenty, twenty-five percent capacity, hopefully it will keep the families away and. They can enjoy it a lot more. But I know it won't because they can be, also raise the price to $1,000 a day and families are going to be there. It's going to be all families, Chad. It's going to be all families and Chad and Eric. <laughs> and you're going to be like, we feel out of place now. Uh, <laughs> I do remember at one point I wanted to go on Space Mountain. Like, I love roller coasters. I'm the only one in my family, like, being my family, when I say that, you know, being my mom, my dad, or my sister, I'm the only one who likes roller coasters. But mom, I think, was willing to go on Space Mountain with me. And then, I don't know if I talked myself out of it, or if she, you know, or maybe it was too long of a wait, and I don't know. Ended up not going on Space Mountain, so. Well, it's still there. It's the oldest ride in the park, still has the longest line most of the time. I like that. I've... I, I'm, I'm glad you you pulled that reference out of your your uh, bag of tricks, um, and I remember going to uh, Disney MGM Studios and the uh, Indiana Jones experience, a uh, little stage show that they had. That was the first time that I thought I might want to get into like special effects. And stay with me on this one. As a youth, I would like pretend to take a shower, like I'd have the water running. I'd you know, make the soap in the wash rag and all that other stuff. I'd be in there for five or ten minutes, like long enough I could just take a shower. But I'd just like wet my hair and be like, oh, that was a good shower, Mom and Dad. I was like pulling off, working on my special effects even at a young age. This is where I wish I had a soundboard and had the 
sound bite from Weird Science, where Lisa is talking to Gary's parents about him being in the bathroom. <laughs> um, uh, so you were at Disney in 1990, you said? Yeah, early 90s. Okay. Don't uh, just wondering if the year. Mickey Mouse Club would have been recording at that time and passed up a chance to see the greatness that is the Mickey Mouse Club, which will probably never come to Disney Plus because I'm sure the music rights will hold it up from. Yeah. I, you could have saw Millie Vanilli potentially. I, I could have seen, uh, you know what, there, there are enough acts in the world who don't sing their own songs. Um, I'm just going to let Millie Vanilli die. Not the people, the act. Yeah. I want to make that clear. I'm not against. I'm. I'm not advocating for violence or, or tragedy to befall anyone. Just kind of like Justin Bieber. Just take your money, go to an island. Let us never hear from you again. Well, I will say, if you do take your kid to Disney World in the future, uh, MGM, which is now Disney Hollywood Studios, does have the Rock and Roller Coaster featuring Aerosmith. It's kind of like Space Mountain. And it is amazing. At least it was 15 years ago when I was last at Disney World. Well, uh, we'll see what the future has in store for the Mahachko clan. As we progress the timeline further, and you had mentioned some traveling, so let's just talk about some of, some of the trips that you've taken. The one that I, I, I don't know if it makes your list, but the one that I'm most excited about is your every NHL arena, including a second trip to Boston, when the St. Louis Blues hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup for the very first time in franchise history. That was a good 24-hour trip. Yes, right. we. Um, yeah, I would say, okay, if you want me to start there, the best NHL trip that I can think of, the most exciting or the most interesting one based on the amount of stuff done was the trip that took a week and we went to, we flew into Buffalo and from there we went up to Ottawa. We did an Ottawa Senators game, Montreal Canadiens game, and finished with a Buffalo Sabres game. But in between, we also went to Lake Placid, um, which is in New York, and saw the site of the miracle on mm-hmm. ice. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a giant poster of uh, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid? No, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, and, and it was funny because the guy giving us the tour – I guess Lake Placid had held the Olympics twice. And he said that he was at both times. In 1980, he was working with the city or the Olympic Committee. And the previous time, which would have been like 67 years before this, he his mom was working and she was pregnant with him. Oh. So technically he was there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was really interesting. And Lake Placid is this very small town that only has like one road in and out like they cannot hold the olympics today no it's just not um yeah and we saw uh an albany devils game which they no longer exist a utica comets game a rochester americans game and i think it was like every single night pretty much there was some sort of hockey and also like i mentioned going from ottawa to montreal is like going through two different countries in and of itself if we have any French Canadian listeners to the show, um, I'm about to insult you, so just be prepared. But while we were in Montreal, we played a game where we would count how many people we could hold a door open for before someone said thank you. 
because they were um, not the friendliest of folk, those French Canadians. You can but we did get to also go to uh, the Olympic Village um, that from for Montreal, which one of the arenas is now a um, is called a geodome, or it's it's one of the things that has all the different um, like a rainforest, a desert. Is that you know, kind of like a biodome? Biodome, yeah. Yeah, saw so that. Cool. Saw so, um, the swimming complex, which has the Olympic swimming pool. And the funniest thing is, we were walking uh, through Old Montreal, and we saw a guy wearing a Nashville Predators beanie, and it was the same one that we had gotten when we went to a Nashville game. And so we just thought, thought that was kind. Of, it was like a, the free handout. Oh, game. gotcha. So, so that was just kind of like, oh, okay, random. But yeah, that was probably the best. Um, trip. If you want more details, you can go to hockeytransplant.com. Mike DeKalb, um, like the the one who inspired the hockey trips, and my co-host on Out of Touchstone and the Wonder Why series. Uh, he detailed all of our trips in, in very much detail, so you can go check that out. So I too have done some traveling centered around an athletic competition, and the year was 2012, and. I had probably heard about it about six months in advance. So let's go back to March or April when the schedule came out. It was a football game. And uh, a guy that I knew, you know, I, I jokingly said, oh, man, I'm going to have to try to make that game. He said, hey, I'll be there because I live out here. And uh, uh, if you come out, you can tailgate with us. So I went straight to my wife and said, honey, you ever had any interest in going to Los Angeles? And she, her eyes got wide as saw. She's like, well, why? I said, well, the Huskers are playing UCLA in September out at the Rose Bowl. And while we don't have a place to stay, we do have a hookup for a tailgate. <laughs> and so we went. And we flew out on a Wednesday, flew back the following Wednesday, uh, saw Nebraska lose to UCLA, and uh, but saw Pasadena, saw uh, a, just a... a touch of san diego and uh, saw a little bit of la went to universal studios hollywood uh got to see some friends of ours and, and crashed in their spare room for a few nights and all in all had a had a nice trip when was this this was september 2012 hmm. and you didn't even stop by and say hi that's how you are in my defense i didn't know you <laughs> oh, good excuse and you probably uh, wouldn't you probably had been like i'm might have only known Kevin a little bit at that point. Like, maybe we knew Kevin. So I, if I would have said, hey, I'm going to go out to L.A., and Kevin would have said, you should go see my buddy Chad, and then I knock on your door, that would have been very awkward. Yeah, because I was living in a place where you would have had to either break in or let me know that you were coming because you couldn't get into the building. So, Oh, Chad, I have no ways. Um, well, my follow-up question is, while you were here, did you have some tacos? And do some hiking here in L.A. I did not. <laughs> no, I did, I did not go uh, hiking in, at the Runyon or out in L.A. Uh, at and, all. Yeah, and I will say that the only time that I had been to the Rose Bowl in the 13 years that I've been here was to see Taylor Swift. Chad. Chad. Yeah. 
you're not going to go see that new monstrosity in the desert when it finally opens up the Stan Kroenke's building and, and she's like supposed to debut, like open it up, like, you know, break, oh. break the glass against like it's a ship, you know, the maiden voyage. You're not going to yeah. go see Taylor Swift on the maiden voyage of the monstrosity area. Well, that show has been canceled. It's supposed to be next month. And I did not get tickets when they went on sale because they were uh, astronomically priced. And I don't know who else was performing on her lover fest. So we wanted to wait and see what other bands would be there to see, like maybe wait until like the first or second act had performed and hopefully ticket prices dropped on the secondary market. Uh, And the same way with the Motley Crue Poison Death Leopard show that was also supposed to be there. Those tickets were way too much. And I just said, we'll wait and see. But that show is now September of 2021. So who knows what's going to be going on. But speaking of that arena, and I'm going to segue into my next travel story, because that arena, the SoFi Stadium, is where WrestleMania 2022, or 2021, sorry, is supposed to be held. And so that's why I'm hoping Kevin Hunsberger will be coming out to visit and will attend our 10th WrestleMania. Uh, Of the previous nine, I think our eighth trip was probably the most exciting let me see if I can remember where that was because I've followed the my123cents.com uh, in my123cents, the podcast, for years, really since its inception. <laughs> and uh, uh, let's see, your eighth trip. It's WrestleMania 30. I'll give you that clue. I want to say I'm going to be wrong. It wasn't out at the Meadowlands, it wasn't in nope. New Jersey. It was 29. Dallas? That was 32. That was our last one. Miami. So WrestleMania 30 is the Yeselmania. That's also known. Was it Miami? Bryan. It was not. 28 was Miami. Son of a... All right, I don't know. It was New Orleans. Okay. Oh, that's so, right. At the uh, at the uh, uh, Silverdome there in yes, New Orleans. Yes, the Mercedes-Benz Silverdome. And uh, so to go back to start the story is our first WrestleMania trip was WrestleMania 22. And that was in 2006 in Chicago. And we were like, okay, this is probably going to be the only time that we're ever go to WrestleMania. So we went all out. Um, We were fourth row seats behind the announcers. And it was Kevin and my friend Jeremy from, I know from college, lives in St. Louis. And after the show was over there, and at the time this was, you know, you had the Hall of Fame um, and just WrestleMania. That was the only thing. And then we did a Ring of Honor show. Um, it was not the huge spectacle that it has become. And so after the, after WrestleMania, we're back at the hotel bar having a drink and we're like, you know, we have not talked to anybody here and there are people from all 50 States, and like 40 countries. We shouldn't meet friends other than there were some Asian group of Asian people sitting behind us at WrestleMania and we were dressed like the spirit squad. Oh. And so they wanted to take pictures and Jeremy was all like, oh yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo, Mario. And like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like, oh, great. I think I just got our show canceled. Um, so we're sitting at the bar. They're coming for you, Chad. Yeah. And I saw there's this one table of two girls two and two guys. And I'd seen the girls earlier in the day at breakfast, and they're wearing these shirts that said Aussie Divas. So thankfully, Jeremy can talk to anybody because Kevin and I are socially awkward. So we go over, strike up conversation, and by the end of the night, since this was 2006, we had exchanged MySpace information and became friends on MySpace. And I've kept in touch with um, with Jackie. It was Jackie and Becca. 
Um, but Jackie and I have remained friends. And in 2000, what I say this was 2013, 14, somewhere around there, um, Jackie was going to Banff, Alberta, Canada to work at a ski lodge hmm. for six months, which apparently is what a lot of Australians do. And I, I wanted to go up and visit her because I had never been to Banff at the time. This was pre-hockey trips. And it never worked out to get there before the dead of winter, which I did not want to be traveling to Canada to. So then come WrestleMania time, she finishes up her ship the week before. And she was going to go to WrestleMania, meet up with some of her other Australian friends that were coming in. I said, why don't we road trip down to... I'll fly in, pick up a car in like Washington or Montana, drive, pick you up, and then we'll drive down to New Orleans. Well, to do that, a rental car was going to cost like $1,000 to pick it up in one place and drop it off in another place. I can see that. Yeah. So at the time, I was still freelancing. I was wrapping up my show two weeks prior to that. I said, oh, I'll just take some time off. Actually, I knew that we would be back in seven weeks, so I wasn't going to be looking for a job. I could fly home to St. Louis, pick up a car, return it in two weeks, and it would only cost $400. <laughs> so I flew to St. Louis, spent a couple of days at home, and then made the 26-hour drive up to Banff, Alberta, <sighs> spent the night in Sask- uh, Saskatchewan, you went crazy. toward Banff for a day, and then we spent like three days traveling um, and – the funny thing is, this is the end of March, so we're traveling from Banff. It's snowing, like, mm-hmm. come out. There's, like, six inches of snow on the car. Yeah. Um, we get into crazy. Wyoming. I decide, you know, if we're traveling, we're going to see the sights. So we go by Devil's Tower, Wyoming, from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's closed. We can't get in. We go to the Crazy Horse statue, which is kind of like Mount Rushmore, but they've only got, I think, his face blown up in, like, the last 40 years. Yeah, it is not progressing. They they need some funding. So if, we, if you want to see the Crazy Horse statue completed, Google it, and I don't know the link. Yeah. Um, they were open. They were like, oh, yeah, it's $15, something like that. I'm like, we just want to get a quick photo. I'm like, okay, fine. Take a photo and you know, then leave. I'm like, fine. Because there's nothing to see there. Cause whatever. Then we go to Mount Rushmore. It's closed. But – you could park at the entrance and just walk up anyway because it's all outdoors. Right. Uh, so there's just no gift shops or anything, but there's also no crowd. I think we saw like three other people. So see Mount Rushmore, see some mountain goats. Um, yeah, and then we traveled to back to Illinois. We stopped at my parents' house to switch vehicles because I forgot that Jackie, living in Canada for six months, is going to have a lot of luggage. Mm-hmm. And my car was not that I had rented, didn't have a lot of space. So I picked up my mom's van at the time drove down southern illinois picked up kevin and then stopped in tupelo mississippi for the night and so we could see the jerry lawler museum at one of the casinos and then headed on down to new orleans for two days or actually more than two days like five days so that was probably the best road trip that i've done have you canada excluded have you done any more international traveling because i've never been out of the country, and I, I, I do have aspirations to do so. I've only been to Sydney to visit Jackie and friend Georgie, who I've also met at WrestleMania 24, 25. Nice. So, and I'm hoping to get back down there uh, this year because Jackie just got married and is moving to Melbourne. And my friend Sean, I know from college, lives in Melbourne as well. So 
hopefully I was, I was supposed to go to Jackie's wedding in Hawaii in May and, uh, you know, that didn't turn out. So hopefully, yes, there will be some traveling later this year. I have, uh, as we approach the end of the episode, uh, years ago, 2011, my wife and I, this was obviously before our son was born, met up uh, in, we took a flight. Uh, we essentially flew from St. Louis to Portland, Oregon. Uh, some very dear friends of ours um, drove down from Spokane area, met us. We all drove out. Uh, we together rented a like a beach house. It was just after you know like the tourism season on the uh, west coast there on the Pacific. So we spent a week out there, had a lot of fun. But the perhaps the crowning achievement of the trip was drove up to Astoria because you get around, you see the west coast up there, like a lot of this looks vaguely familiar, and then you realize, oh, that's about where they shot Goonies. So we, uh, my wife and I, borrowed the car. Went up to Astoria, saw the Goonies house. Now, I was going to say, was the house open to where you could get to it at it this time? Privately owned. Okay. Re- yeah, because repainted. I know whoever owns it now got mad with fans coming up there. And so I was up there two years ago, and there was a sign at the base of the, I guess, the driveway saying, do not come up here. This is private land. Yeah, I remember the sign that said, you know, private drive, uh, something like that. But we... We walked and we were fine. And and uh, Chad, I'm gonna let you do the honors as you always do. We are out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.